It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Well, could the United States have anticipated what is going on in Ukraine? Or were there some long-term blind spots? Uh, Blind spots that we actually need to start addressing uh, as we look to counter the threat from Russia in Ukraine and other points in Europe. Uh, Really interesting, uh, Inside Sources had the opportunity to sit down with Washington Post senior editor Mark Fisher and talk about why the situation in Ukraine has been surprising uh, for some of America's top brass. I found this really interesting. Well, this is really, a, you know, kind of a shock to the United States, a shock to our system, because this kind of a ground war of one co- country trying to gobble up another feels like something out of the past, something we haven't really seen for decades. Most of the wars that have come in recent decades have been civil wars within one country. Uh, and most of the wars that America has taken part in in recent decades have been very modern kinds of warfare, a lot of drones, a lot of aerial assaults, not a lot of boots on the ground. Uh, And this is old-fashioned, inch-by-inch, house-by-house kind of combat that Putin seems to have in mind. Uh, And that is is making a lot of strategic planners in Washington kind of go back to the old playbooks and figure out how we deal with that. This really is an an interesting strategy by Vladimir Putin. It isn't a lot of drones and and high uh, airplane strikes. Uh, It's a a ground game. And it's interesting. He's, of course, moving in really from from three different areas, but he's really trying to do another very old school military move, kind of a a pincer movement where you end up surrounding uh, that uh, that other force. And it seems to me that the pincer movement is all pivoting around the capital of Ukraine uh, in uh, uh, as they look at how that uh, actually plays out. So we're, we're watching that. We're looking at that. Uh, but again, it was interesting that Mark Fisher pointed out that for some of the top brass, that was a little bit uh, confusing and unexpected that uh, here we are in 2022 and we're talking about some very old school strategies and tactics being deployed, but being deployed very effectively by Vladimir Putin. Uh, Mark Fisher says that President Biden uh, has been hesitant, of course, to put troops on the ground. He's been actually pretty clear about that. Uh, he may have done something in that process, though, to help limit the warfare. Administration plan, and interestingly, it's been largely supported by Democrats and Republicans alike, has been to hit the, the Russians with really tough sanctions, make them feel the economic pain, make them feel isolated in Europe and in the world, uh, and unable to sell their goods or their energy. Uh, and um, they've tried this new strategy of extreme transparency where uh, the administration put out the word that we have intelligence of where Putin's troops are, what they're planning to do. Uh, and that, uh, that may have helped postpone this a bit uh, by kind of uh, stripping uh, all the blinders off what Putin was really trying to do. So I do think that strategy of forecasting and, and declaring the intelligence that you have, uh, it's still yet to be seen how that really is going to have an impact long term. Uh, did it slow it down? Did it cause Vladimir Putin to rethink a little bit? I, I'm not sure. I don't know that any of the sanctions or any of the declarations of intelligence uh, were a deterrent to Vladimir Putin. 
uh, we can point back and say, well, we were right. Uh, but that doesn't change the dynamic on the ground. And that is ultimately the test is can you change the dynamic on the ground? Now, of course, the other thing that is competing and unique is, of course, the American public has soured on war because of so many negative experiences in recent decades, including one that, where I think the administration lost some of the confidence of the American people as it relates to international affairs, Afghanistan. Our experience with wars have not been happy ones in recent decades, and a lot of Americans have really soured on the idea of being the policeman uh, around the world. Uh, so that said, most Americans do believe we should be involved with the rest of the world, that uh, we're not isolationists, but we are wary of getting involved in ground wars and in other people's wars. The problem here is that we are part of an alliance, and we have our European allies who uh, we are obligated by treaty to defend, and those NATO countries are right up smack up against the border of Ukraine and Russia. I think one of the real leadership tests, uh, not just politically and in government, but in every aspect, I think the real leadership quality for the 21st century is being able to navigate allies and alliances. Uh, Sometimes you're going head to head and competing with someone and the next day you need to link arms with them to deal with a specific issue. And whether that's a business uh, dealing with maybe a particular set of regulations coming out from Congress uh, that might impact their industry, uh, where most days they would be going head to head, suddenly they've got to lock arms and uh, try to do things together. I think that's the real tricky navigational pull uh, that will be the test, especially for those in Europe. And that leads us to the last point we got to talk to Mark Fisher about from The Washington Post, uh, and that is how stable is Europe really Has it gone back to that more brittle uh, kind of alliance that it had uh, back before World War II? Where are we really? And Mark had some interesting things to say about that. Europe, uh, you know, a lot of people thought it was kind of a cultural theme park, a place you go visit, have great meals and that sort of thing. But it is still very much a battleground in the in the long war between ideologies and between nuclear powers, uh, Russia and the United States. And the Europeans are kind of sitting there in between, uh, very nervous about what Vladimir Putin is doing now. Uh, that's a really interesting look. And I, I do think the the other word of the day, so the one word of the day is and. <laughs> we're going to look at things and we're going to look at the other side of that and how we move that forward. And the other is just the word look. And uh, we have to look back at history We have to look very clearly, very uh, wide-eyed, clear-eyed in terms of where we are. And we have to look ahead in terms of what we can anticipate and how we can strategically lead. So we're going to continue to break all of that down. So the next question is, is Russian aggression the start of a new normal or can we unite towards a better tomorrow? We're going to talk with David Salvo, a former State Department official who used to work in Russia. Uh, He's got some great insight on that. So stay with us. Top of the hour news is next. More Inside Sources. Hour number two, straight ahead. Stay with us. Live breaking news now on the mobile app for KSL News Radio. Sponsored by Any Hour Services. Listen at home or anywhere you go. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. This is Utah's news station. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? 
I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.